Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC Spring Packers. Rolling along and focus still on the defense, but this week we go up front. Or starting this week, we go up front with defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator Sean Spencer. As long as Jervon, uh, as well as Jervon Dexter. So, plenty of trench talk on the defensive side on this episode of Gators Breakdown. A lot of fun. A lot, a lot. Man, Spencer brings it. Uh, I really, really like his charisma right there in front of the mic uh, there. So, you, you can see why these players probably gravitate towards him uh, a good bit up there on the defensive front. So, um, Spencer, Dexter, we'll get to hear from him here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Remember, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. really helps us out here on the YouTube version of Gators Breakdown. Everybody, thank you for watching. Uh, Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, leave us a review. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown. All right, let's get started with Sean Spencer. First time we get to hear from him uh, as a Gator assistant coach. And what does he what does he want to see from his players, and what type of defense does he want? The first thing is you you want guys to play hard for you, right? You want them to play hard. You want them to be accountable to each other, and that's the mo- one of the most important things is that we can make them accountable th- to each other. You want to be sound, and you want to be disciplined. And I think like those seems like seem like cliche words, but when I've been a part of g- really good defenses, those were the factors that we uh, that we had, you know. And so you know, making guys accountable for themselves and they're accountable for their teammates. I think when you blend that together, you got a chance. You know, I mean, we ne- we make no predictions. We just want to we want to be better in the next day, right? So like when I talked to the guys about this today, I said, were you were you better than you were yesterday? Can we be the same or can we get better? I mean, there's no in between, right? So we want to we want to work in those factors right there. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, so is, is there an identity, I guess, mm-hmm. that you guys want to play to? Right. But the, the whole defense, the identity is we want to run fast, run to the football, and we want to tackle people, right? And we want to be sound and we want to beat ourselves, right? Because part of it is just not beating yourselves. We don't want to line off sides. We don't want to get uh, penalties. And we want to play sound football. And that's part of doing the, the things that we're supposed to do in the defense, right? So if you have the B-gap, you have to play the B-gap. You can't go outside of that. And if you, there's no compromise to that. And if you play that, where you got a chance. If you fit all those gaps up, it's like a puzzle, man. I'm telling you right now, you'd be pretty good. There we go hearing from Spencer. And look, first couple of things he said were probably two of the biggest issues we've seen the last couple of years. First, he said, play hard. Uh, and look, I hate questioning effort of players that are, that are out there, but there were times last year we, we can admit that we saw that. Now, I think that can come from not having trust, not having trust in multiple ways on that Florida defense, you know, trust in the system, trust in your coaches, trust in the guy playing next to you. As you heard him say, accountability for your teammates as well. But there wasn't much trust uh, in this Florida defense. We all remember what players said last year about the system. Uh, and you can also glean from players now that maybe they just weren't being taught the right way, being taught well. Now, look, this defense isn't that much different than what they're being asked to do inside of the defense. But you know, how, how, how it's being taught is a bit different. We heard a lot, and Trey Dean really stressed that uh, when he spoke to the media a couple of weeks ago. And look, there wasn't a lot of trust in what Todd Grantham was asking his players to do. When there's not that trust, it can turn into an effort issue or even all the confusion can make it look like a lack of effort out there. Not trusting the players you're playing with can have an effect as well. So look, there's trust and accountability there. This defense has to be able to to trust each other at every level so each player can do their job, fill the right gap, engage in a block or making a tackle, communicate in the secondary. And cornerbacks have to be able to trust the, the, their fellow safeties in coverage. Get that trust down. These guys, will they'll play hard. And look, of course, that lends itself to accountability. We heard Amari Bernie say last week that if you're not out there playing fast, physical, aggressive, then, you, then you're coming off the field. They'll put somebody else out there. Now, look, that's up to, of course, these coaches to, to put these players in position. But that goes back to trust on, on the coaches' end as well. Once that's taken care of, then, then it's up to the players. Once the coaches put the guys in position, it's up to the players to make a play. If the players can't play that way after being taught, then get another player out there that can. Part of that's accountability. That goes to penalties as well. We'll get further into that later. You know, Jervon Dexter speaks on that. But from a coaching perspective, there needs to be more accountability. And I hate bringing it up, but we all go back to, to the Marco Wilson throwing the shoe moment and during a poor season of play, and, and there's being no repercussion whatsoever ever on that ridiculous penalty. Didn't come off the field, still started the next game, still was a team captain, no accountability whatsoever. Just keep playing like nothing happened. Players showing up late to practice, players showing up late to meetings, 
many players getting away with just too much, no accountability whatsoever. That's what they're used to. That's changing. It's been an, been an issue the last couple of seasons, and it showed on the field and in the results last year. Huge focus in the Florida program right now. And two things on the field that he said that I hope are, are, are happening, tackling, filling gaps, tackling an issue somewhat the entire last regime. Once, and then that was one issue that progressively got worse with a lack of physicality present, never really focused on it the last couple of seasons. And I thought the lack of filling gaps was one, one example he brought up uh, that it could just be coincidence, but huge assignments that were missed in that aspect over and over last season. We saw what LSU and South Carolina and Georgia were able to do to this Florida defense when they weren't doing their job. So, look, these things may be basic fundamentals of a defense, but that's what they're teaching right now. They have to go back and teach the simple, basic, small things that haven't been done correctly. Those things added up. Penalties, special teams play, lack of focus, all those little things. They're focusing on them. Hopefully, that makes a big difference there. All right, let's continue on with Sean Spencer and what he missed about college football after going to the NFL the last couple of years. I miss that. I miss that part of mentoring the young men, right? I grew up without a father, um, you know, I th- and I really feel like this was my gift back. Like for something I didn't have, it was my gift um, back um, that I was able to connect with young people, right? And, um, you know, having a teenage daughter, I know a lot more stuff than they think I know about the world. And I'm pretty hip, you know, they're like, oh, coach, what do you know about that off-white bag? I'm like, I got that. My daughter hooked me up. So, um, but I just love mentoring and players and, and helping them on, you know, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com further their careers, not just in football, but in life. Spencer really sounds insane here in, in that mentorship aspect of the job. Man, great charisma. I think we finally get to see that here in a media session. But look, you know, also been sh- shared on social media posts by Florida. His past stops as well has been out there. Um, Antonio Valentino, of course, they, oh, he was asked about it. I asked him about it when he jumped on the Twitter spaces a couple months ago when Spencer was hired saying you know, how you know, this – this guy brings it. He, he wants to play for this type of coach. This is the type of coach he wants to play for that he wished he could come back and play one more time uh, with Spencer there. Uh, and you go back to his time at Penn State uh, for, for that. So, look, Napier talked about at length wanting to hire great people as coaches. And that would go far in, in leading these players and on the recruiting trail. You know, from this soundbite, it sounds like he can relate to players on different levels. Uh, so, you look, you hopefully – you hope that it translates to the current players on the, on the, on the team as well. Uh, but also uh, that mentorship, you know, going a long way on the recruiting trail as well. And of course, talking about one player that you really hope it translates to. And that is one Jervon Dexter, one player that we can hope make a huge impact on the field this year, former five-star recruit in his third season at Florida. I don't know. It seems like it's going by 
crazy fast. I can't believe it's been you – know, we're going into Dexter's third season right now. But, look, NFL aspirations at this point in his career. Uh, Spencer can be a mentor uh, in that role as well as he's coached in the league, coached players to go on to the NFL. He's coached really good players in the NFL the last couple of seasons. He knows what it takes to get there. Sounds like their relationship is off to a good start. Oh, first of all, he, he's just, he, he works so hard. You know, um, he wants to be great. He's in my office all the time. Like one time I asked him, could I sit in my chair? Because he was in there watching film, right? He wants to, he wants to be great. He knows that I've coached guys like Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. And he's, we've, I've shown him tape of those guys. And he wants to be great like that. And I think he's got a chance to be great. Um, he has tremendous work ethic and his, his ceiling is not reached yet, right? So that's what's a great thing about him. And, and really no kid's ceiling should really be reached, but his ceiling's not reached. This guy got unbelievable potential. He can move in short area he can power the pocket if you need him to um he could take on double teams i don't know what he can't do that's not that he's doing all the things yet but i don't know what he can't do so i'm excited about this guy they all should look like that right there. <laughs> yeah, good stuff there here's the other side of that relationship from jervon dexter oh yeah i love coach chaos uh he's a great um technique coach and, and that's kind of where kind of what I, I was missing um I was playing a lot of just physical football and just dominating the game just based off just me and, and my uh, physical ability. But Coach Chaos, he came in and he he can um, breaking same thing like Coach Napier is doing, breaking the small things down and, and teaching me the, uh, the the small techniques that I may not know uh, was a problem, but is a problem. So. That's a big thing that Coach Nate, um, Coach Chaos is doing. Yeah, a lot of hands, a lot of small things, a lot of uh, technique things coming out of my hips and playing with my hands more. There we go. Exactly what you want to hear from both sides there. And look, we know this, this is Dexter's money year. It just seems like he just got here yesterday. He's likely NFL bound after this season. Now, of course, that means we do need to see a jump in production, uh, live up to that, that five-star billing for Dexter to be that superstar type of player. I don't think he's had much help around him on the defensive line for him to really shine. It's great to hear that he's taking it upon himself to, to learn this new defense, get with Spencer um, about every aspect of playing the position because he, he knows Spencer has that pedigree of sending players to the NFL based off of college production and coaching successful NFL players. We, we know there's plenty of room for, for Dexter to grow. And you heard Spencer say it as well. You know, that we know he can do those things, but that potential has to, has to be reached. Good things. Do those things to become great. A dominant player. He's not there yet. Tapping into it this spring. But Dexter says so himself, where he, he has room to grow. Technique side of it. Not just relying on your physical prowess to, to, to get by. Still a young football player is Dexter, of course, in general. Remember, he didn't play football until late in his high school career. Plenty of room for growth and knowledge of the game. And now... Now, I want to translate it to how will teams play Dexter? Uh, and I think that will depend on how much help he gets from his teammate in the trenches. We know that's a big, big storyline this spring. He's going to need help right there on the defensive line, whether that comes from somebody lined up beside him, whether it comes from depth. He needs some help. Somebody could line up beside him That's to help so offensive linemen, offensive lines. Game plans can't be just focused on Dexter and stopping Dexter so much. Make an offense pay if they, if they double-team Dexter. 
He'll have to beat a lot of double teams anyway, just because he, you know, he's the best player on Florida's defensive line. But it, it would be nice if somebody else steps up so he doesn't have to handle so many double teams. Also, Dexter needs to he'll need, he'll need breathers out there. He can't be on the field every play. No production of fall if he's out there fatigued. He can't be out there because there'll be nobody else to rely on. Can't play fatigue. More chances for injury if that happens. Florida needs Dexter to be out there every game. Playing at a high level, playing up to his highest potential. He's going to need help to get there. I think, I think we see the best of Dexter. If he has some help up front. So far, this spring practice, the early word as far as still trying to find Find that help through two weeks of spring practice. No one jumping out immediately. And not a reason for concern just yet. I didn't expect to find an answer in two weeks. Still have spring, the rest of spring. Still have fall camp. But players need to emerge. I mean, just look at it. Those first two opponents for Florida, Utah and Kentucky, they'll certainly test Florida's defensive front. So Desmond Watson needs to be ready. Jalen Lee, Jalen Humphreys need to be ready. Christopher Thomas need to be ready. Those guys in the middle there need to be ready. Can't just be Dexter and a one-man wrecking crew game in and game out. He's going to need some help up there. And look, hopefully he's as dominant. He can help those other players. But I also think he's going to need some help as well. Identify contributors there. I might get a little cocky about this defense <laughs> if you find, find some help there for Dexter right there in the middle of this defensive line. Uh, so we've heard about it from so many players so far, whether it be in these media sessions, whether it be from Twitter spaces with the Gator Collective. But here's Gervin, uh, Gervon Dexter's thoughts on just the differences so far under Billy Napier. Big and good for us just because, like, uh, the way Coach Napier, he kind of came in and, and did the phases. So he didn't, like, the same, like I said, he, he didn't just give us, like, everything at once. He kind of... This is how it's going to be, and then the next phase, it got a little bit more, and then now we at spring, so now we know what to expect from him and his staff. So it wasn't like he just came in and just dumped everything on top of us. He kind of broke each thing down in phases, and that's what really been uh, good for us. There's been a, a, a big difference, and the main difference is just learning how to practice and, and practicing a lot smarter and, and knowing how to prepare for, for later on and, and technique things and just a lot of the little things, like, he didn't come in and just start focusing on the big things. He came in and broke like the really the, the small things that you may not know uh, may lose you a game, but uh, in the long run, it, may, it can lose you a game. So he's focused on a lot of the little things, and that's what we we started with discipline. We got like uh, we wasn't working on a lot of the, we had uh, discipline issues and um, just a lot of little things like. Like uh, Coach Matt Rue, he just came in. He he gave us facts. We was like the, one of the last people um, ranked last and had the most penalties in, in the uh, in the country. So like little things, like it wasn't no big issues. Like it wasn't one person that defined it. It wasn't it wasn't point. It's not. It's like no way I could point a finger at exactly what happened. It was like just little things that we all needed to fix. And then uh, I think it was Naquan said very structured and strict, but he's also a players coach. Oh yeah, for sure he. And that's one thing that uh, I can say Coach Napier also came in. He didn't force himself on anybody. He came in. He he, he came in. Uh, his exact words was, I challenge you to reach out to his players at uh, Louisiana. And, and you asked them 
And, and that's what I did. I, I reached out to a, a couple of players at Louisiana, and they all said the same thing. So it was like it wasn't one guy saying this and one guy saying I hate him. It was like all of them said the exact same thing. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting now. He, he has love for his prayers, like even him coming in and fixing some of the issues that, that we had um, in the uh, past and just doing the things that really, really wasn't a big issue, but he fixed them because he, he cares. So I feel like he's a big player, coach. Players coach, fixing issues because he cares. Well, we, we've heard about it. The food issue, the parking issues, the living arrangement issues. Maybe not huge issues, but it shows the players you care. You want these players to play hard? Show them that you care. Napier's creating that culture to, to care about the team around you. You don't want to disappoint your teammate. You don't want to disappoint your coaches. That can go a long way in performance and the accountability that we discussed earlier. Discipline, penalties, being brought up as issues of the past. I mean, just how much, just how better, how much better can Florida be by just shoring up those issues? How much better can Florida be? They're just looking out for one another, not getting penalties, showing up on time. All these things are linked to each other. These small things that we keep talking about, they add up to big things. I mean, it sounds good right now. It's being focused on for sure. We'll have to wait till the fall for all these results to, to see how they pan out. But at least we know the message is there. The players have spoken on it. Good for Jervon Dexter to follow up on Billy Napier's request of, hey, if you, if you want to know more, you know, go, go speak to the, the, the team that I just left. And we won a lot of games. Change the culture there. So letting the messages being heard loud and clear, being shared at least. Of course, it's going to have to equate to wins and losses at some point. But at least we know the, the issues that has plagued Florida football the last few years, specifically the last couple of years, are being worked on, being focused on, making sure they're not an issue anymore. Well, new issues arrive, arise? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But at least um, a lot of the what we would call inexcusable issues, hopefully we see those on a very, very limited basis coming up so all right there you go sean spencer jervon dexter get to hear from defensive line up front in the trenches good stuff there from those two really excited about that pairing together all right let's uh dive into before we sign off here on this episode of Gators breakdown some more spring football notes not much out there, of course, with these limited availabilities, but better than nothing. Report from 24-7 Sports, tight ends Nick Elksness and Jonathan Odom will miss the rest of spring practice. That's obviously not great for a position Billy Napier utilizes a lot. Elksness was about the only name that kept popping out from the group. Now he'll miss, uh, of course, important install time in this new offense. Jonathan Odom as well. You know, we'll discuss more. Uh, next episode of Gators Breakdown, Will Miles will hop on. We'll go live uh, Tuesday night, but hopefully we get to hear from Billy Napier on Tuesday as well on the matter, and we'll learn more about the situation, and Will and I will dive even more into it. Let's go back to quarterback position. Anthony Richardson continues to improve each and every practice. Seems to be growing a rapport with receiver Justin Shorter. Shorter making the most of his opportunity this spring of being the most experienced wide receiver on the roster living up to that number one billing so far, proving to be the number one wide receiver of the group. 
And up front, it really seems like Michael Tarquin's taking hold of that starting right tackle spot. Coaches like what they've seen from him so far. Doesn't look like Josh Braun will stay on the inside and maybe back up Rashad Torrance right there at the right guard spot. So good thing for uh, Florida to build that depth and also for Michael Tarquin to grab a hold of that right tackle spot was the biggest question we had on this offensive line. And early on, seems like Tarquin is the lead guy there. Other side of the ball on defense, a uh, player at every level here, Drevon Dexter coming around this second week of spring practice, kind of showing the level of play that he can play at. The one black, Jason Marshall, those players standing out. Black continues to make athletic plays at the linebacker position, a good thing for Florida, as well as a battle at nickel. Javette Johnson, Jadarius Perkins, both guys uh, sitting there battling it out, played la- there last year. Both players showing positive results so far that hopefully can produce another dependable player on the back end. Look, I think we feel pretty comfortable in Jason Marshall, whoever wins that second cornerback spot. And we focused on that in the last episode of Gators Breakdown, if you missed it. So we heard from Jason Marshall. Corey Raymond talked a little more about that cornerback spot and the battle going on there. But hopefully this battle between Johnson and Perkins, you get those guys battling it out and it produces another dependable defensive back. We know Florida has talent back there. I think these battles are really, really good this spring in this new-look defense. All right, let's transition to a little bit of recruiting news before we sign off here. Five-star Tony Mitchell, five-star cornerback Tony Mitchell calls Florida his leader. Gators have put themselves in a nice position with three of the top three cornerbacks of the 2023 class, Mitchell, Kermani McLean, A.J. Harris. I like where Florida sits right now in those battles, uh, and Florida ending up with one or two of those guys. Hard to see landing all three. It would be a major coup if somehow you do. Um, But it would be fun to watch as we get these decisions and the decision timeline. You know, if rumored silent commits become public, how will it all shake out from there? Does that uh, does making an early decision by one of these guys cause a domino effect? Some interesting storylines to kind of watch here from that cornerback spot in the recruiting world. Of course, quarterback's always a hot topic. Florida hosted Dylan Lonergan and Marcus Stokes this past weekend. Lonergan is interested in playing football and baseball, and that usually hasn't worked out for Florida in the past. Kevin O'Sullivan, the baseball coach there, not really a huge proponent of that. So we'll see if that has any effect. But Lonergan did check out Florida spring football practice on Saturday as well as had discussions with O'Sullivan. So, you know, we'll see if that's different under Billy Napier in a pairing of, uh, of O'Sullivan for players that want to play football and baseball. You know, rising quarterback, of course, Stokes made his first visit to Gainesville from Ponte Vedra. As uh, as of this recording, he does not have an offer from Florida. We'll see if that changes soon. And when other quarterbacks start making decisions, if that affects if Florida offers, ends up offering Stokes there. And keeping the Jacksonville area, running back Trayon Webb announced his top five after and after not being in the in his initial eight, his initial top eight list. Webb has now listed Florida in his top five. The last couple months here, Florida has really just knocked this one, knocked this one out of the park, has created a relationship with the new staff. He has another visit to Gainesville this coming up week. Definitely like where Florida's trending in this one for one of the top running backs in the state of Florida. He has officials 
for other schools set up in the month of June. So you may not be in a hurry to commit. You know, can Florida speed up that timeline? Bobby is a storyline to watch uh, right here for Webb. So we'll see when he ends up making that decision. Maybe Florida presses all the right buttons this coming up weekend and gets a commitment right there. But I know that's a hot topic right now of when, when would these commitments start rolling in? Um, I'm not not worried at all right now. You know, when these guys start making commitments to other schools, that's when I'll get concerned. That's when I'll get worried. But until then, for me, no reason to be. I get if you are a little bit right now. I, I absolutely get it. A little bit of gun shy from that last recruiting staff. And don't get me wrong. I, I want, I'd rather have, you know, see five. I did warn, if you listen to Gators Breakdown Plus, I didn't think there would be many commitments for Florida in the month of March. Uh, I think, you know, re- official visits need to happen. I do think in year one, some results on the field can go a long way. But ultimately, I do fall back on recruiters recruit. So I, I think this class will be fine. I think commits to start rolling in. Maybe starting month of April. Get some more visits happening. Guys back on campus. Maybe some of these rumored silent commits start making their decisions public. We'll see where it goes from there. But I get it. I get it. Don't get me wrong. But I can be a little patient. All right, on Gators Breakdowns, I mentioned uh, plenty, plenty of spring practice coverage to go back and listen to if you have not yet. As I said, Corey Raymond, Jason Marshall uh, on um, the last episode of Gators Breakdown before this. I put that out last Friday. So, you know, if you didn't get a chance to listen to Friday over the weekend, be sure to go back and check that one out as we get to hear from probably the biggest hire Billy Napier made there as a DB coach, Corey Raymond, now on the Gators staff. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.